0: Hello, and welcome back to another wonderful wrap-up show. Uh, This week, we are wrapping up the King Trilogy, which comprised of the 1999 hit Three Kings, um, a kind of mix-up of both the 1994 and 2019 Lion King. And then to, to wrap it up, we have the 2020 King of Stanton Island. Travis, first thoughts. You anything you want yeah, to... Uh,
1: yeah, one thought. It, it's Staten.
0: Yeah, Staten I, Island. And what's fun is I say it wrong, and because I say it wrong, I spell it wrong every time I write it down. So, yeah, I always want to call it stat Staten staton, staton Island. I don't know. Staten? Who gives a shit?
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Some piece of I, I shit I in New York. I just noticed it in the initial review. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> Tweet it, Brett, please. Or...
0: I say because that's how it's framed in the movie. Like in the movie, they seem to think that Staten Island is not, not great.
1: Of course, that's all. Mm-hmm. That's all you
0: meant. So, uh, initial thoughts of the trilogy. What'd you think? Um,
1: for me, and not to tip my hand too much for our closing segment, but started for a started at a real high for me, and uh, just slowly petered out. Uh, would be my my tweet length kind of overview what about you
0: uh i guess you know if i was going to be over dramatic and i just needed to come up with a tagline for the trilogy i would say the king is dead Um, (laughs) (laughs) um i to me what i thought was most interesting about this trilogy is every single one of these movies i thought was too fucking long um and ironically Three Kings is the movie I liked the most out of the bunch, which I realize that's a segment we'll get into. But I felt like Staten Island, despite being the longest, was the one I felt did not feel the longest. And I don't know if it's just because the conversations were so. Just the dialogue was well enough that I didn't really realize how long the movie was going on for. Like, to me, I was. Maybe it's also I just realized nothing was going to happen in the movie, so I wasn't waiting for something to happen. But, like, Staten Island, I watched through two hours, and I didn't necessarily feel like I sat through two hours. I do—the Lion King felt way too long, and I remember checking, like—and I told you post-show one time, I I actually fast-forwarded through pieces of it. It, I had seen the movie before, so it wasn't like I I missed any bits, but, like, there were definitely moments where I knew I was, like, I'm not—I know what's happening. This scene, I just— I'm going to skip the next 10 minutes because it's Simba walking aimlessly through the fucking desert. Um, and then Three Kings, fucking love. But I remember talking about that where I was like, I felt like there was a certain point in the movie where I looked at my clock. I'm like, oh, fuck. I know there's still so much to happen in this movie and we're barely like, this is what timestamp we're at. And I'm like, I did feel all, somehow all three of these movies felt longer than they needed to be.
1: Yeah, and I think that the reason that the length didn't bother you mm-hmm. as much with king of staten island is because as we talked about it in the review it's much more segmented basically into skits uh, for the most part so anytime you start to get bored of a location or a scene boom you're on to something else that usually is trying to make you laugh sometimes it succeeds but uh, and sometimes it doesn't but you, you never get bored of any particular element of the movie unless it's B Davidson. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, agree on the other two. Uh, and I mean, agree on a, a lot of movies. I don't know why things feel the need to be over two hours as being some sort of mark of, of quality or prestige. I don't know if they feel like they have to give it to an audience to get them into a theater, because if you're there longer, you feel like you got your money's worth. But I, I disagree with that sentiment if, if that's the motivation.
0: Well, I wonder if it comes down to, you know, movies maybe don't, co- or at least the filming of them don't quite cost as much, so they're willing to just take, film a bunch of shit, and then they don't ever cut anything out, or it's not as refined, because if you have to think back in the day, movies, like, it cost money, and you had to actually get a physical fucking film back in, so, like, I think you probably weren't as careless. Um, and I don't mean that to sound as derogatory as it does, but, like, you know, it's it's the same thing with, like, when you take pictures on your on your phone or something like that. It's like, I'll take as many pictures because I don't have to deal with storing these anywhere. I don't have to deal with getting them developed or printed. So, it's like, you wind up, I think, putting a lot more fluff. And then when it actually hits the cutting room floor, I don't know if there's some sentimental attachment or what. But, like, you just wind up leaving more in there than that needs to actually be in there, you know?
1: Well, and to quote, you know, one of my favorite movies, Heat... Uh, that's the discipline.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: it, it's fine to go ahead and shoot a bunch because I agree uh, with no physical cost to filming additional scenes. You're bound to strike gold every now and then, but you can't fall in love with your creation to the point where you can't edit yourself because, I mean, there are filmmakers out there, there are scripts out there that warrant, you know, two hours and 30 minutes plus, but most of them don't. Mm-hmm. So to me, two hours, if it's coming in over that, you better have some great shit to show me or inform me about. And none of these movies, frankly, do, but I, I, Three Kings is still for me the one that I enjoyed the most.
0: So, because I think some of the th- things we're going to talk about I think are going to allude to or kind of ruin uh, a, f- a future segment, I, let's just go ahead and knock it out now. Um, we're going to do the two orders. We're going to do... What we enjoyed the most, what we objectively thought was the best movie, ranked one, two, three, and what we subjectively thought was the best movie, what we liked the most. So what we mean by that uh, to the audience is the first time you've gotten to listen to the rap shows. Um, We're self-aware enough to realize that sometimes our favorite movies aren't necessarily the best movies. Um, you know, that's where the, the term guilty pleasure, I think probably falls in line where it's like, I love this movie, but I know that there are movies that are on a technical level much better than what this movie is. So I want to ask you, Travis, we'll start with subjective. What was your ranking in one, two, three? What was your favorite movie? Second favorite, third favorite.
1: Um, so Subjectively, uh, it's Three Kings is number one, and then the gap to two and three is uh, Grand Canyon (laughs) size. Um, Three Kings is the only one of the three that I ever intend to watch again. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I mean, obviously you can listen to the review to hear my particular praises, but uh, yeah, I just... It's the one that felt like it had some earned drama, some earned character development, uh, and forward momentum. Whereas the other two, I just don't think there were any earned pathos for anybody. Like, I I, I want to talk about something after this particular segment. So remind me to touch on the depiction of King uh, as a just. Obviously, that's the tying thread why we reviewed these movies. I want to talk about the way kings are depicted in each movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Three Kings is the only one that shows me a any sort of worthwhile king. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why it's far and away number one for me. Number two, I'm going to say King of Staten Island because there's a chance that I will at least rewatch a scene or two from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the rest of my life uh it, it had its charming funny moments uh it just didn't blend together to form anything and then last place is lion king Obviously, 1994
0: I watched- the 1994 version
1: yes so. uh yeah i don't know if anybody listening knows but accidentally i watched the wrong lion king
0: <laughs>
1: um so newsflash on that apologies um but i can't imagine watching the longer version so you were supposed uh, to you
0: fucking son of a bitch all right you (laughs) were you committed that you were going to watch that version for the wrap-up show and i knew you weren't
1: (laughs) yeah you know i the thought entered my head and i'm like you brett pretty much said you've already seen it you know (laughs) i've seen lions before
0: you've seen the better version of it that's you've already seen the better version so
1: better only because it's shorter um uh what about you what's your subjective view so, on this trilogy So
0: subjectively I'm going to say I'm I'm in the same line um with the only exception that I have the 2019 version of The Lion King being my third cuz I watched that version Is that the
1: one you watched? Cuz that's okay. the
0: one I watched um the gotcha. one we agreed upon prior to the review yes um <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think Three Kings. I mean, I'll I'll definitely go back and watch Three Kings again at some point in my life. The King of Staten Island, um, we we you know talked about it in the actual review. I think it's a movie you can put on in the background. I, I honestly don't think I will ever go back to that movie, um, even in terms of a background movie. There's a thousand other. I'd rather put on reruns of King of the Hill or some other shit than to put that on. Like it's just I I didn't get enough out of that movie to ever need to go back to it even that's even one of those movies where if somebody says like oh i've never seen the king of staten island you want to watch it i'd be like i've watched it uh it's not that great we should probably like watch something else like i don't even know if that's a movie i would want to sit through a second time for somebody who really wants to watch it um not that i hated it i just if i'm gonna sit there for two hours and 11 minutes there's other things i can fucking do other than watch that movie and then the 2019 version of the lion king i thought was complete dog shit um it's the first movie of the what how many movies have we reviewed for this podcast including um you know the the stuff that we haven't released I think we've really done like 20 reviews and it's the only movie that I've legitimately hated where I've just like I can usually find the silver lining in anything where it's worth watching it might not be the best but that movie I think is just complete dog shit and is not even worth looking at so um subjectively You know, long way to say it. I do, I completely agree with you. I'd go Three Kings, King of Staten Island, uh, 2019 Lion King.
1: Now, I'll let you lead it off. What about just objectively, where would you put these in order?
0: So this is one where I might... I'm torn on this one, if I'm completely honest. Um, Three Kings is still the top for me. It has, it needs improvements, like, you know, um, we talked about in our review. There's definitely, you know... um, was it David? What the fuck's his name? Oh, Russell. Oh, Russell. You can tell this is the first time he shot an action movie, and like some of the action sequences are to be desired. Um, I still think the characters hold that movie, and like it is, it is very engaging. A little too long. The reason I have a little bit of a reservation between objectively what I think is better between the Lion King twenty nineteen and the King of Staten Island is because I think. On a technical level, the Lion King is pretty amazing. Like, with how well they, look, just the CGI looks phenomenal. Like, it just, it looks fucking great. The story is dog shit, you know. I, you know, the way that they, they reframed things, I think that the... You know ironically the cgi looks great but it also ripped every bit of character that that movie had out of it they completely destroyed the most of not all the musical sequences from the original animated version of that movie so i think the movie is a hollow shell cash grab of a movie um but objectively i might honestly say the 2019 lion king is better than the king of staten island um because and the, the reason I said this, because even th- when we talk about the King of Staten Island, like the character never went anywhere. Like there was no development for that character either. So it's like, it's hard for me to be like, yeah, but the story of the King of Staten Island is so much better. I'm like, no, because they dropped the ball heavily on that too. Like it's just, it is both of those movies fall victim of set piece to set piece to me where it's like, it is a disjointed movie. Um, so I, I think I'm going, I'm going to say a, objectively i think the lion king 2019 is probably a better movie than king of staten island
1: yeah you you kind of read my mind on the exact reason i was going to flip number two and number three because yeah you know i don't know why you keep bringing up the 2019 lion king (laughs) you know it was the 1994 that we watched but um the 1994 one even uh at the time of its release, it felt like it was groundbreaking in some way. I don't know if that's technically accurate, like if it broke any new animation ground.
0: It actually did. Um,
1: That's what I thought. I I didn't have any specific research uh, that I did directly for the episode, but it it felt that way. And much like uh, the same way I feel about Avatar, it's the way you just described Lion King. Like if you described that without naming the movie, I'd be like, oh, dog shit story, Uh, but – technologically groundbreaking for film or cinema oh avatar same thing with 2019 lion king so even though i think from a story perspective those those movies are shit because of the technical achievement it it bumps it up a class and in this particular trilogy to me that moves lion king both 94 and 2019 above king of staten island from just a overall objective view
0: to Mm. me good um so the reason I wanted to bring that up, I will come up with later because I just lost my train of thought. <laughs>
1: uh, do you want me to fill with something? Because oh, yeah, I did please.
0: Because, have- yeah, go on. I don't. I literally had a very specific reason I wanted to get through the to that first. All right. Yeah, go ahead, Travis.
1: Uh, well, if it comes back to you, feel free to interrupt me because this is a little bit uh, a slapdash on my part. But I was just thinking about when the term king is used in a title of a film. Obviously, you're going to look to who is portrayed as the king, you know, not literally. But um, and the depiction of kings, I just wonder... So we start with three kings. initially I know by the end of the movie they have a, a change of heart, but when the word you know king is thrown around in the movie, they're basically planning a robbery. They're just thieves. you know not necessarily a noble thing. Again, mm. I know they, they change by the end of the movie. Uh, Lion King and King of Staten Island I almost I, I see some similarities between uh, Simba and Scott. And that they're they're kind of the king of their little universe, even though they don't really exhibit any sort of king-like behaviors. Even by the end of Lion King, I'm just like, you're still just the guy that was born to Mufasa, and you've got some clout off of that, and... As we mentioned in the King of Staten Island review, Scott never grows, never does anything, never seems worthy to be kind of the the center hub of this wheel of of people. So it's just interesting to me that all three movies, you know, kind of connect to the king theme. But as I mentioned, I, there's only one worthy king of the group, and that's whoever you would attribute the the most noble qualities to in three kings. Maybe all three of them. I don't know.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's funny that you bring up the thing about Scott. Like, you know, he seems to like why is he deserving of this? I think there's a throwaway line in Staten Island where the King of Staten Island, where um, he's talking to the the fire chief, and he's talking about like you're y'all, you're so much like your dad. Like, your dad could just get away with shit just because like because of who he was, like his his character, his charisma. Like, he just he could get away with shit. I'm like, I talk away a lot about like how I love throwaway lines that establish like. The broader story of a movie, or like they add to the universe or the world building, like you know, I think Star Wars: A New Hope is a great example of that. When you watch that movie, the first scene where Grand Moff Tarkin walks in and he starts talking about how oh the Senate isn't like we're dismantling the Senate, and don't worry, it's because of this battle station, no one's going to oppose it, and I'm like. There's so much there's so much insane world building in throwaway lines like that, where like suddenly you establish like what's going on or like I think even in The Empire Strikes Back, the Millennium Falcon flies over and it disappears. And somebody says like, oh, no ship that small can have a cloaking device. And it's like it's a throwaway line that establishes that there are cloaking devices in this universe, but a ship that size can't have it. So what could be going on? I love throwaway lines like that. And the reason I'm bringing that up is because I hate throwaway lines like in Staten Island, where it's like, "Oh, your dad was charismatic." I'm like, "Oh, that's supposed to establish why people gravitate towards towards a character like Scott." It's not because you've established that to the audience, where we understand how charismatic and wonderful he is. It's like we're just gonna tell you, so you un- like you know that he's supposed to be a charismatic person. And like, it's I fucking hate when they do shit like that. You know?
1: Yeah, show don't tell works uh, for character. Uh, You can get away with telling if it's just kind of side world building. It works Mm -hmm. perfectly. But yeah, I don't want to hear, like, I'm going to judge the character on screen based upon the performance, not throw away dialogue from other people. And it's funny that you brought up the, well, you get away with that kind of thing, or you have that charisma that your dad had, even if it's not true through the performance. Again, it's just a kid trading off the legacy of his father, and he is not worthy of anything.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and as an audience viewer, it winds up being like an Emperor's New Clothes type situation where it's like, he's charisma, get it? Because if you if you don't think he's charisma, you're crazy because we've told you he's a charismatic character. And it's like, no, but he's not. He's not a charisma. Like, he's fun to listen to and he's a smartass, but I wouldn't say he's charismatic, you know? He's not somebody I would follow into battle. That's for damn sure, you know? Yeah,
1: and I think that there are plenty of comedians historically who if you put in that role, you don't have to tell me that they're cool. I'll just believe that they're cool. But uh, I I just didn't get that vibe off Pete Davidson. Not that he's maybe not a nice, fun guy to hang out with, but the presence of a great stand-up comedian to me is not there. And therefore, the presence of a a charismatic actor is not there.
0: Yeah. Scott essentially feels like a side character that they put the spotlight on. And it, tells you why you don't put the spotlight on side characters because you get a movie that goes nowhere <laughs> you know um but yeah i just, just yeah i mean
1: to use a sports analogy really quickly it's like if you know your favorite basketball team the third best player seems really good and you're like well why isn't he the the number one guy and then he goes to another team and is the number one guy and that team sucks it's the same it's applicable to this situation
0: mm-hmm. um well yeah to to kind of you know echo on the point that you're making I I agree that it is definitely interesting I thought that even the king of Staten Island was was poorly I didn't understand where the the name of that came from I thought that they would go more into that like especially considering he's not a huge fan like it be one like the his his lady friend the fact that she wants to make Staten Island better to me would have been like oh she's the queen of Staten Island because she wants to elevate Staten Island to something more not scott scott i mean he's not super localized he doesn't necessarily give a shit about the community or anything like that it's not like everybody knows him like oh everybody knows who scott is i'm like i never really understood where the reference or the point of calling him the king of staten island you know came from
1: yeah i think wouldn't it have been better if the whole movie like there are some some moments dropped where people kind of refer to him as the king or he's the man, and then by the end of the movie he kind of passes that crown to his girlfriend because she's actually the one that's in, you know trying to improve the kingdom. That would be an interesting turn on that title if all along it's really his girlfriend that's the king of Staten Island, you know. Mm-hmm. But that that the movie again it doesn't it doesn't do anything. It doesn't attempt anything.
0: Yeah. Uh yeah. yeah, it's even one of those like it's like King of the Hill or King of Queens. Like it was it was funny because they called that because I think those their last names were King. Or uh it was Hank Hill, but he was King of the Hill, the Hill family. Like it was a playoff it was a pun off of that. And King of Queens, if I'm not mistaken mistaken, their last name was King in that. So he was the King of Queens. Like Again, those titles made sense because there's a play on words there. The King of Staten Island again, it just it never resonated. I never understood why that was the title of this of this film. Um but i did i did remember the point that i was gonna make earlier so the reason i wanted us to get through the rating of all of that is subjectively what we thought was um top to bottom i wonder do you think that that had anything to do with the time frame of the characters and the supposed growth and arc that we experienced with them because our both of our favorites was three kings which takes place over what maybe 48 hours you know Um uh, maybe maybe 72 or something like that it's it's not a it's a it's a confined time very confined the next on our list was king of staten island which probably took place over several months you know whereas the lion king takes place over years and it's like you're trying to you're trying to develop a character there's no way to pinpoint the moments that develop that character if the time span is that vast and that long right it just—it seems like you're missing so many, so many breadcrumbs as to what makes him a better character. Because basically, and not only that, be, because of how you have to do the movie, there's just a montage that shows him growing up in, in The Lion King, which means we basically miss all of his informative years when he's a teenager, and young adult, and he's learning things and he's developing and growing. That's the part of the movie that they completely cut out, and that's the part where, like, you know, our biggest beef with The Lion King is like he never he never becomes a king. Like, it never makes any sense with the decisions he makes to go back, why he decides to follow his father's legacy or anything like that. Like, he has gone and made an entirely new life by himself outside of the Pride Lands. Like, just, it doesn't make sense why he would go back or, to that matter, what qualities he has gotten to warrant him becoming the king as opposed to him coming back, defeating Scar and then them being like, yeah, you suck, we're gonna find another Another dude to take over. Like, you're not a king, you know?
1: Yeah, I don't think I've ever really had the thought about the difficulty level of progressing a character based upon the length of the, you know, whatever narrative form you're in book, movie, TV show. But yeah, I guess when I think about it, none of it is easy. It's never easy to me to depict growth of a character, but I think it would be easier. Uh, for a short-term time span, whereas, though, if you can pull it off in longer form, I think it's more rewarding. I don't know if you agree with that assessment or not, but, um, yeah, I think Three Kings is the only one that feels like there's any sort of earned momentum, and, again, I don't know maybe that is because it's easier to do it because it's, you know, two to three days max. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just, it feels like you're missing so much and it winds up being the audience like, you have to make assumptions that things happened. And if that's the case, I'm like, that's not good storytelling if I have to fill in all of the blanks. Like, it's okay if I have to create little little nuggets and pieces myself, but I'm like, you're essentially, especially with, like, The Lion King, I have, me as the audience, I have to assume everything he learned living with the stoners and the Oasis, you know, eating bugs. Like, what did he do... And I guess this again—it's a kids' movie. I understand that, but just because it's a kids' movie doesn't mean that you have to dumb it down and take take everything out of it. Like, there's plenty of children's media that that shows growth, and like that's what it needs to do. It shouldn't just be a matter of like he got better. You know, it's just it—it it doesn't make a whole lot of sense.
1: No, a hundred percent. Yeah, all we need is a musical montage, and uh, you know, he's a changed lion.
0: Mm-hmm. See now, now he's got a he's got a main. That means that means he's a he's a big lion now, and he can be the leader. It's like, no, no, not so much. Um, so do you want to get into character swap first, or do you want to try and guess the ratings based off of Rotten Tomatoes first?
1: Um, I think because it it ties in with the top threes, we can go ahead and do the the Rotten Tomatoes.
0: All right, so here we go. We'll go both, uh, critic reviews based off of critic reviews and then based off of the audience reviews, Travis, I need you to tell me which of these movies do you think ranked first, second, and third based off of critic reviews? So the movies being 1999, three Kings, I just, for the audience, not, I know you know what the movies are, so we've got three Kings, um, We'll go ahead. Well, I'll give you four movies this week for some reason. Um, Three Kings, 1994 Lion King, 19 or 20, 2019 Lion King, and The King of Staten Island. Can you tell me where do you think these ranked?
1: Well, you know, not that it's a competition, but I think the movie that I watched is going to be number one. Uh, so I'm going to say 1994 is The Lion King. Is that the first? Is that the highest rated? It is not. What?
0: According to critics, it is not the highest rated.
1: Um, uh, the, is it Three Kings?
0: Yeah, it, it is, by one point. Three Kings has a... What's the critic score? The, the critic score for Three Kings is a 94. And the Lion 1994
1: Lion King is 93. I... Wow, I... I'm kind of surprised that Three Kings was that highly praised. I know Rotten Tomatoes is basically just a pass or fail. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. No, that, which which I if I'm that honest, I kind surprised. of like.
0: It is either based off of this, would you recommend the movie or did you hate it? And you would say, do not watch it. So yes, Three Kings got a 94. 94 Lion King got a 93. Do you want to guess the next two?
1: I'm going to say uh, King of Staten Island's next.
0: All right, you're correct came in at a 75.
1: okay and obviously i think well below that will be 2019 lion king i'm gonna say it is it's gonna be sub 60.
0: you're correct 52. critics did not like the 29 which i'm glad uh, not that I need vindication or verification of my opinion, but yes, it is fucking dog shit. <laughs> like, I won't even, looking at the top two, the top two reviews, one of them, the, watch the Lion King for the the, the technical achievements. Over, is a splat, and then somebody who gave it a positive said, overseeing such a massive technical production. So basically, anything positive people have to say is how technically beautiful it is, and it's just a matter of if you allowed that to be a reason to watch it or not. <laughs>
1: sounds about right even though i haven't seen it
0: uh yes so with that do you want to give me what you think the users thought of these movies
1: uh it's a hundred percent going to be 1994 lion king for this one
0: okay it came in at 93 you are correct
1: and (sighs) I'm going to say number two will be three kings. No. No. See, is it King of Staten Island? No. What?
0: The second one is the 2019 Lion King that came in at an 88%. (laughs) So, audiences are fucking stupid. (laughs) Well, I
1: have to (laughs) believe... Oh, yeah, I don't know. I have to believe that maybe that the, that movie catered to dumb people and smart people just didn't go therefore I, if you don't watch it you can't review it i i That's don't my... think
0: it's that at all travis i think it is nostalgia i think that is a nostalgia score more than anything people love the lion king and they can't bring themselves to say that it's bad and it's like you're not just because this one was bad doesn't mean the 94 one was bad but this one's terrible like it is not good <laughs>
1: Or furthermore, hey, the 1994 one may be bad, but that doesn't mean your childhood was bad.
0: (laughs) Yep. All right. So now that you know Lion King is the king, according to audiences, who do you think was the third king?
1: King of Staten Island.
0: King of Staten Island came in at third with 83%. And what do you think the audience score for Three Kings was?
1: I'll say 74.
0: All right, close, 77.
1: Okay. Yeah, I think it makes sense. It, to me, the lower the audience score, a lot of times I'm interested in those movies because it, at least I know it's going to be divisive. I may fall on the side of hating it, but I'm intrigued to see it because I'm assuming it's taking some sort of chance. And, and Three Kings does that to an extent. So that it makes sense that it would be at the bottom.
0: Yep. Interesting enough. I don't know if this is going to be a new segment. It is kind of fun to look at that. So according to Rotten Tomatoes and their algorithm or whatever they choose to do, here are the movies. If you liked Three Kings, you might also like The Full Monty, Man on the Moon, Gross Point Lake, Wonderful Days, and National Lampoon's Animal House. It's an interesting mix. What I do think is interesting is not one of those is a war movie.
1: Yeah, not a man on the moon, the Andy Kaufman story. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that I, I feel like the algorithm might be broken.
0: So, uh, but yeah, so you want to do some character swap?
1: Let's do some character swap. All
0: right, this is your beautiful segment, Travis, your brainchild. So do you want to explain it to the audience?
1: Yeah, so we uh, do our. So movie what we do is trilogy. every week we we'll- <laughs> Is it because I watched the wrong <laughs> line, King? I'm
0: just being an asshole. You do it. You do it. You do it.
1: <laughs> uh, Brett, you know the best kind of king.
0: A dead king. It's a,
1: it's a, it's a forgiving king. All right. Oh, whoops. So. <laughs> All right, once you, you let it go, buddy. Uh. <clears throat> As I was saying, we're gonna edit that out, right? The part where you disrespectfully interrupted me.
0: Oh, I was until you did this part, and now I feel like this is going to be too much work to edit this part out, so I'm just going to have to leave the whole thing in now.
1: All right, sounds good, Ryan, or Brett. <laughs> um, so the segment, Character Swap, uh, we review our movies and trilogies. Uh, after the trilogy, during the wrap-up, You know, as you've listened to so far, we kind of— Uh, package the movies together and what we thought would be interesting is if you could take any character from the trilogy and transport them from the movie they're in and put them in another movie how would it play out um so that's that's what we're gonna do here today uh brett did you come up with one or do you want me to lead it off
0: i do but i want you to lead it off i want to see if if we went the same direction
1: okay So the character that I'm going to be transporting, uh, obviously you have to go ahead and assume that he's still alive because my character is Conrad, and as you know, he's dead by the end of Three Kings. What? What what this character swap presupposes is maybe he's not. Um, So Conrad gets back from Iraq, and he, uh, his family has relocated. Uh, I, I can't remember. Was he in Michigan? I can't remember. He was in some sort of redneck venue shooting teddy bears. I
0: think he was Uh, in Alabama, Mississippi, somewhere, yeah, Louisiana, something like that.
1: Okay. So he comes back, but while he's in Iraq, his family relocates, uh, and they buy a quaint little walk-up in Staten Island. And uh, Conrad comes back, and he's got a couple of gold bars, so he kind of starts – kind of starts – Floss in a little bit, you know, buys like a classic Trans Am, because that's, I feel like that's what Conrad would buy. Uh
0: huh. So, wait a second. Time out. I like where this is going, but I just need to establish. So, you're actually changing the ending of Three Kings as well. Beyond Conrad living, they also get the gold.
1: Well, didn't the, didn't it imply that they got away with like a little bit?
0: Okay. Or did it
1: not imply that? Were, Were they, was that little, uh, the, uh, the text on the screen, was that only talking about the gold that...
0: I thought that that was only... I I could see it being either ways. I thought that was only talking about the stuff the refugees took, but I, we'll go with the, the thought process that the uh, the soldiers got at least a bar each.
1: Yeah. I mean, okay. nothing, nothing. They're, they're by no means millionaires, but mm-hmm. like a gold bar. Uh, so right. yeah, Conrad's got the Trans Am. He starts attracting attention. So obviously he's... He's going to fall in with Scott's crew. And it feels like that's not much of a stretch, I wouldn't say.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I wouldn't say so.
1: So, they're like, hey, you're a soldier. You just got back from Iraq, right? Now, let's also, I guess this uh, this, this script also means that he time-traveled. But let's not worry <laughs> about that. Uh,
0: well, we don't know how old Conrad just, is. He could be an older Conrad, you know? Ooh.
1: Yeah. You know what? Save that. Let me tell the story and then maybe you can spin it into old man Conrad. We'll see. (laughs) Um, So he gets involved in the pharmacy robbery. But what he does not realize is the pharmacy robbery is just cover so that other people in Pete Davidson's crew, pick any one of the side characters on his crew, they're not involved in the robbery because they're breaking into Conrad's house to steal his gold bar, and they basically leave Conrad. Conrad gets shot during the robbery. They leave him for dead because ultimately they weren't worried about the oxy. They've got that gold bar.
0: So I also I also looked nearly that Conrad is too stupid to cash in on the gold bar that <laughs> he's still. He's just holding on to it as a souvenir from Troy. It reminds me of Troy, the adventure we had with Troy.
1: Exactly. Right. So it's it's more than just a gold bar for him. Okay. It, it, just like the dog. It wasn't about the dog for John Wick. Okay. It was, it was what the dog meant.
0: It was the adventures we, we went on.
1: <laughs> so... He, you know, is the fall guy for the robbery. He's in the hospital. You know, we have a montage where he recovers and somehow legally he gets off with just a slap on the wrist. But now, now his one representation of Troy is gone. And uh, he's going to track down the motherfuckers who took Troy from him for a second time. He already (laughs) lost Troy once. He's not going to lose him again. (laughs) So you have to imagine that the, the, the Staten Island crew... You know, they, they go to a fence, they get some money for the gold bar. I'm, I was thinking it would be like a jet-setting kind of uh, espionage, kind of globetrotting. I'm going to track all these people down. But then I thought, these people wouldn't go to Europe. They'd They'd be in, like, Daytona Beach or Scottsdale, Brooklyn. Arizona. <laughs>
0: Brooklyn. They wouldn't even yeah, get that cool. far. <laughs> they would just go to a different borough.
1: <laughs> yeah, at least a few of them would be in a different borough. But—, but my chop shop, or you know, character swap in this case, is Conrad hunting the people who took Troy from him. And you could go one of two ways, and, I, and this is where I want to kind of bounce it over to you. You could go hard R with this and have him really fuck some people up. Because at the end of the day, he is still a trained soldier against some fucking morons who can't rob a Walgreens even if they have the key to it. Uh, Or you could go with a more PG-13 where he doesn't kill them, like, he just may be, like... He would give uh, Scott some sort of tattoo on his forehead. Like he would, he would hurt them in, in ways that were unique to them. I, I I don't, I haven't hashed that part out. What do you think?
0: Okay, here's what I'm gonna do. I love, I love all of this. I think we can go a PG thirteen, maybe soft R, like Home Alone style, where like he's getting back at the kids, but he doesn't kill them. And here's my, here's my justification because we're gonna go Old Man Conrad, right? Right. What if Conrad isn't. The reason he gets he gets pulled into the whole the gang with Scott and his friends and all that isn't because he's bored or anything like that. He actually is the one who starts dating Scott's mom. And that's how Scott finds out about the gold bar. And then Scott and his friends ask him to meet them at the pharmacy. So they still try and frame him for it. But they try and make him look like a piece of shit and frame him, and then it's like, clearly the evidence, like the video surveillance shows he wasn't responsible, so now he's got a soft spot, because even though he knows Scott was behind it, he still kind of sees Scott as a little bit of a degenerate son, and he still loves his mom, Scott's mom, so it's like, he doesn't want to kill them, because it's Scott and his friends, but he also needs to get Troy back and teach him a lesson, so now, now it makes sense why he wouldn't be trying to kill them, but he is going to make them pay.
1: And, and now, how extreme would he go with the payback in in this version? I
0: think we PG-13 could do broke. I think we could do broken bones. I think we could electrocute people. Um, I'm thinking of a. Cl- oh, okay, like, so this so- is
1: not gonna be kiddie fair. This is no. gonna still be no. I th- okay. and
0: then I think we can even go a psychological side. Like I don't know if you remember uh, what is it, Jane, Thomas Jane's The Punisher, when he's torturing yes. the guy and he hits him with the popsicle but makes him think he's like burning him alive. Because he describes, like, oh, when you hit the blowtorch, it's going to feel cold because all of your nerves are burning up and all that. And basically, he does a psychological, like, just really, like, fucks with them. But, um, yeah, I I think we could still, we could still go a little hard. Like, you got a PG-13, soft R. Maybe he breaks an arm on accident or a leg or something like that. But at the end of the day, he's going to get back at the kids for setting him up and taking Troy. But he still wants to stay with Scott's mom.
1: Now, the only thing, this would still work, but it's going to have to be the harder PG-13 because there's one last twist that I have in store because I think when done well, any great movie of this ilk, Conrad's got to find himself in an unwinnable situation. He's just outnumbered. The kids have got him dead to rights. It seems like his revenge plan's going to fail. Who do you think saves him?
0: Okay, so we could go. go, ahead, go ahead. To, we could go, go, go two go ways with it. this. I,
1: you know, you know,
0: well, Troy can't come and save him, can he? Why? Well, okay, never. Mind. I was gonna, I was gonna ask another question, but I like, I like Mike Walt, Mark Wahlberg, <�blah> Bob making a cameo, you know, I like Mark <laughs> Wahlberg making a cameo. All right, Troy thinking, comes in.
1: That could be the the catharsis of the of the whole situation. He's he realizes he could reuniting with Troy, he doesn't need the gold anymore.
0: Well, you, know? you could even, you can even plant, plant the, the breadcrumbs in the movie because at some point, Conrad could be talking to Scott about how he's got a friend coming into town and something like that. So when they get, Conrad dead to rights. It'll be in Conrad's house, and it'll be like they have him tied up, like with, like an extension cord or something stupid or something like that. And Troy is just gonna kind of like open the door, and be like Conrad, and look over, and you're gonna see the horrified look on all the friends' faces when they realize, oh shit, like who didn't lock the door? <laughs> and, and Troy just comes in and beats the absolute shit out of all of them.
1: Yes, and and obviously the greeting from Conrad. Go ahead and say it, Brad.
0: Troy! Troy? Troy!
1: <laughs> but who, who were you thinking, if it wasn't going to be Troy, who would save him?
0: Uh, so I was going to say, if you go the other route, it could be, like, the unwinnable situation is where he's about to find, like, he's already gotten he's already gotten all of scott's friends you know uh basically like a uh, freddy krueger um jason style like uh or you know michael myers has he's pursued all of them i'm thinking like,
1: like scott's the final girl kind of thing yeah
0: where you know it's uh one of my favorite episodes of the mandalorian was the one where they kind of flip the script and like the mandalorian winds up being kind of like another bill burr um episode um but where he basically becomes kind of like the monster who's hunting the people who set him up. So it's like you're yes. rooting for the monster situation. So he finally, he gets all the other friends. He's going to get Scott. And lo and behold, Scott's mom shows up. And he basically has to decide, is he going to get his final act of revenge on Scott? Or is he going to have to be nice because mommy's there? And he's like, oh shit, Like I have to choose between mom and in revenge. And then he ultimately decides to let Scott go.
1: Yeah, that would be the more compelling, non-gimmicky way to to end the movie, where mm-hmm. he, he chooses love, not revenge, or or chooses love for Scott's mom, not love for Troy's, you know, mm-hmm. memory or whatever. So, yeah, actually, that, that would wrap up as a, a legitimate movie.
0: Yeah, but Judd Apatow is directing, so it's definitely going to be the Troy side.
1: <laughs> and there'll be 35 minutes of mm-hmm. movie after that left, yeah. still.
0: Mm-hmm. For sure.
1: And that's before Machine Gun Kelly shows up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, I like, but that. yeah, that, that, that was, was fine
1: uh, What what about you?
0: Lying is not nearly as compelling. I think I I went the lazy route this week, and I apologize to the audience. Um, so,
1: yeah, as long as one of us tries, usually it's you. This week it was me.
0: I uh, so we we know Scott and his friends are a bunch of stoners. Again, I, I think I might have said it in the last. No, in some episode. I'm I'm not super privy to the to the drug world and the effects of such things, but I'm thinking either weed or they take something. But in the scenes with the stoner friends after they take something and they're they're joking around and stuff like that, I think we need a character to be there. And it's a character that's not not necessarily real. It's a certain talking warthog who only shows up when they're under the influence of, of drugs. So my thought, my character insertion was uh, Pumbaa from Lion King, uh, either animated or CGI animated version of Pumbaa, um, shows up and jokes around with them, Uh, whenever they get super high together and he just winds up so like it doesn't make any sense why all of them can see Pumbaa, but poomba is there with them just cracking up having a good time getting stoned with all of them and that was getting my character swap um is that uh poomba is you know uh incarnated in Staten in in the basement of a staten island uh every time a bunch of dudes do drugs (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh, I I do I do enjoy it. It, it also number one that you could merge those movies together because those guys would definitely be hanging out with with Simba and Timon and Pumbaa on their spiritual journey. Yeah.
0: Especially with um, Seth Rogen being the voice of Pumbaa in the twenty nineteen version, <laughs> which just like yeah, let's do this.
1: Yes, and and obviously you could still do the 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 tried and true uh we see other people's point of view of them interacting with the warthog that's not there <laughs> that's good for at least two to three jokes
0: <laughs> especially if it's one of those like oh my god what is that smell and like they're there there's a phantom smell like what the fuck are you all talking about like oh my god poomba farted that's terrible like what are you smelling when In reality <laughs> one of them just shit themselves <laughs> Are you, okay? Are you just taking a drink of water? <laughs> <laughs> oh the idea just one of them sitting in their own shit <laughs> it is fantastic.
1: And blaming on an imaginary warthog.
0: Oh man.
1: Oh boy. So maybe they could be doing bath salts. <laughs>
0: Oh man, they just maybe we just take all of them and put them in Lion King. Uh, yes. Oh boy. So that that was that was my thought. Um, I don't know. I think we've pretty much run through our segments. Is there anything else you wanted to to talk about or mention with uh, with these three movies?
1: Uh, no. Uh, I well, actually, I guess this is maybe a little meta, but uh, you know, after our our hiatus and we return i think we really need to find bad movies that are a little more hateable because uh, like you said like at times with king of Staten island and especially lion king i was like i can't find anything to feel other than just uninterested disdain <laughs> <laughs> which i mean we still do a wonderful job of of making fun of it in those instances but like I don't know, just a lack of passion with those two movies. I just couldn't get over it.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know where they went wrong.
1: Yeah, it just, it just, it's a lack, lack of risk, risk taking. I mean, I know we make up these ridiculous chop shops and, and character swaps, and you know. Yeah, we go to the absolute extreme, but I feel like there are dialed back versions of what we talk about that would be much better than this just sanitized, let's try not to say anything and, and turn a slight profit and be done with it, you know, mentality.
0: Yeah. So just real quick, one thing is the king of Staten Island in the, the Apatowverse? Because don't most of his movies kind of play into one another? At least for a while they were, because I think... Knocked Did Up. They? Well, yeah, because Knocked Up came out from 40... No, 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 I'm thinking of something else. The 40-year-old You're virgin... You're talking about
1: get him to the Greek. I bet. Well, there's that. Coming but, out of Forgetting Sarah Marshall.
0: Yeah, but I believe... Was it Zach and Mira Make a Porno? Came out of the 40-year-old virgin. And I think...
1: Oh, is he, Seth Rogan's playing the same guy? That yeah, I'm pretty sure it's, version? I'll
0: look it up, but I think it's the same. And not only that, but it was, this is 40. I think that's the same characters from the four-year-old virgin. Um, no. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm probably, well, let's look it up. Uh, so you look up, this is 40. Okay. I, God almighty. I just spelled virgin with an E. I feel like a fucking moron. As soon as I typed it, I knew it was wrong. My fingers are doing dumb things.
1: He plays Pete.
0: Oh, Paul Rudd
1: plays Pete.
0: Paul Rudd plays Pete? Yeah. All right. He plays, oh, I guess they're not the same characters at all. Cause yeah. I didn't think so. Paul Rudd plays, man, why not though? They could have all been the same fucking character. Yeah. Paul Rudd plays David, Seth Rogen plays Cal, and Elizabeth Banks plays Beth. So it's not that at all. I really thought all of those tied in together, huh? My yeah, bad. Yeah, maybe
1: spiritually, but. Mm. But yeah, it kind of it kind of goes back to my uh, chop shop with King of Staten Island. Like, it feels that way because he kind of just makes the same movie over and over.
0: Again. <laughs> it's the same characters. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So, like, yeah, why not lean all the way into it?
0: Okay. Zach and Mira make a poem. Poor, enough. God damn it. <laughs> Knocked up. Knocked up is part of the 40-year-old virgin verse. Because Seth Rogen is Ben Stone and Paul Rudd is Pete. And Leslie Mann plays David. It's the same goddamn actors in all the movies too, which is also what makes it super fucking confusing. That's why I thought it was all like in the same vein is because he uses the same people that play the same characters.
1: Almost like Adam Sandler does. <laughs>
0: um all right yeah i uh interesting
1: oh yeah that's all i got you have any closing thoughts
0: nope that's it just uh we hope to see you back for the next wonderful episode of hollywood chop shop
1: i really love when you slip up and throw on that country twang like you just mm. did a minute ago i don't
0: know what you're talking about i'll have to cut that out and post
1: Oh, shit, Brett! I haven't been recording.
0: <laughs> Tell me you're joking.
1: Yeah, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> we'll see you later. <laughs>